0: Moving my head? Yeah. I'm laying it off? Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating? I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. (laughs) I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans? Welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, right here. This podcast, as always, is a part of Fans First Sports Network. If you want to check us out on our website, go to fansfirstsports.com. We do appreciate it. And I'd like to give a big shout-out and a big thank you to Ken Keller in case you missed the two-man scramble segment that ran on Monday. Ken was kind enough to take some time, but as he's getting ready for Stage 2 of Q-School, Make sure you go back and check out that podcast in case you missed it. It is a great listen. He talks about the mental aspect of game of the game, where he almost quit the game, and really just his background. I'm going to have another two-man scramble coming up next week. I'm excited for that one. And it's all going to tie together with the topic that we have to discuss today. Before we do that, I'm going to give you all my listeners out there a little bit of a golf update on me and my life meaning how am I playing, right? I mean, I am a golfer. I do enjoy going out there and getting on the course. So we'll do a golf update every week. The weather is turning quickly here in the Mid-Atlantic where I live, and that means that golfing days are – rare anymore. The leaves are falling. That is a nightmare. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But still, as the weather turns colder, as November turns into December, you realize those days you can get out on the golf course are absolutely numbered. So I've actually been fortunate enough to go out and and play a couple times since you last heard one of our standard Fairway and Dreams podcast, actually the first episode, which was why golf is so special. I went out and took all five of my children. That's right. I have five kids, They all went out. Uh, The youngest is five. The oldest is going to be 15 here in in about a week, less than that, actually. And we played nine holes. We walked. Everyone walked. Obviously, I can't take all those kids in a golf cart. That just doesn't fit. So we all walked. It was great. I actually didn't play too bad. Shot a 39. I was happy with that because when you have that many kids on the golf course, it's like herding cats. So when you're trying to herd cats and read putts and figure out how you want to hit this chip shot or how you're going to try to pull off this punch shot underneath the tree. I don't know. It's difficult. We'll put it that way. So I shot a 39. I was happy with the way I played. Like I said in the very first episode, if I go to the golf course and I'm able to leave with uh, any type of nine hole round in the thirties, I'm happy. I really am happy. So then I got invited to go play a course. I used to play all the time. Hadn't played it in years, play 18 holes with a buddy of mine. And I was like, yes, this is going to be exciting. I don't have any kids and be able to focus on my game. And it was one of those days where the golf course literally beats the living hell out of you. And it was nothing that, yeah, you know, I, I played just so sporadic off the tee was a nightmare. I couldn't hit a fairway to, to, to save my life. And when I did, sometimes I couldn't even find the ball because of there were leaves everywhere. It was painful The round was long based on the fact that we were looking for golf balls. Like I said, even in the fairway, sometimes the entire day, it is what I hate the most about fall golf. I love fall golf. I love the weather. I don't mind wearing the pants and maybe a lightweight jacket and getting out there and it's a little bit cooler and crisp in the morning. I'm fine with all of that, but man, the leaves, Man, it sucks the life out of the game sometimes. The country club where I belong, there are not a lot of standard trees, with a lot of pine trees, so you don't deal with as many leaves there. But still, Uh, I shot an 83. I left the golf course feeling exhausted. I felt like I just got the crap kicked out of me. And that happens. That happens in golf. Uh, Like I said, I was so inconsistent off the tee. My iron game and short game saved my life. Believe it or not, I could have shot an 87. I couldn't avoid the big number on either side. Didn't have any birdies. It was a struggle. (laughs) It was a struggle. I have a feeling that most people out there listening to this can at least sympathize with what that feels like, whether the round of golf that you shot was an 83 or maybe worse. Doesn't matter. I have a feeling that everyone can kind of sympathize with that. So what I wanted to do, and this is, I said, this is going to tie into next Monday's two man scramble. And I'm going to let that guest have his moment. I'm not going to tease anything. I'm excited for it is. I feel like golf is a family affair. It's a family affair. That's right. I'm not going to sing the song, but you know what I'm talking about. I grew up in a golf family, and I think that's important to note because not everyone does. People that find the game, they find it in different ways. I've talked about how my dad is still an avid golfer, plays multiple times a week, takes trips to Florida. Uh, They have a big gathering. He plays in a bunch of tournaments. His dad was a golfer, maybe a little bit more of your weekend hacker type golfer. My grandfather, my dad is definitely a golfaholic. He loves the game. And he taught my brother, who's three years older than me, and myself to play at a very young age. Now, for me, I mentioned I have five children. Okay, five children. I have my oldest is a son, my son, only boy that we have. And then I have four daughters younger than him. So again, the oldest, my son is going to be 15 years old here in a a couple days. And then my youngest is five. She is five years old. The one thing that I I, I get asked all the time. So when I take the kids to the country club, I take the kids to the golf course. doesn't matter where we go. A lot of people I say, ah, so great to see kids. Like, how did you get them involved in the game? To be honest with you, I used to take my son to the putting green. I got him a real little putter when he was probably about five, maybe four years old. And we would just go to the putting green and we would just putt. And he would just spank the ball all around the putting green. And that was it. And then we got him a little golf club and he liked to swing the golf club. And then as my daughters grew, they also, they found it in their own way. I can't stress this enough. As much as I like the game of golf, I always told myself that I wasn't going to ever force my children into doing it just because I do it. Uh, Another part of my job is I cover the Pittsburgh Steelers in the National Football League. My kids know that I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. My kids know that it's a job for me, and they know that I have to do podcasts and shows and I have to write about them and all that good stuff. But I never forced them to become Steeler fans. They became Steeler fans because they saw that I was interested in it, and therefore they became interested in it. It's the same with golf. For me, they have to want to do it. So I'll give you an example of maybe one time or more than one time where they kind of pulled back from the game. So my kids, my daughter started to get involved and they wanted to go golfing with me. And so I said, sure. And we got them a set of golf clubs and they would come along and they went to golf camp a few summers in the first summer. It was actually hysterical that they, they, they were learning only three of the five went, they were learning about the game. My son had the most exposure. He had played a bunch. He knew, about the basics and things like that. My daughters were learning those same skills. And so at the very end, they have this little nine-hole tournament. And it's at a par-three course. And the way that it finished was hysterical. And it's hysterical mainly based on what happened and the reaction of what happened. So let's start off with my youngest daughter in camp, so our middle child. She is in a playoff, not for first place, for third place, (laughs) of her age group. And so they're playing this little par three, number one. She tops a drive and it kind of rolls about halfway there. So I'm caddying for, her and I have the bag and I'm like, okay, Hey, don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. I'm not even, don't even worry about the, what the other girls are doing in your group. Just worry about putting a good swing on this next ball. Okay. Just hit the next shot. I my saying with the kids and myself is always next shot, best shot. So we line up and, and she gets the club that she's comfortable with. And I said, okay, you just want to hit it short It's really dry, let it run up to the green. Just give us a putt. Like, if we can get anywhere near putting, that's great. Like, she's a beginner golfer. If, if we can get on the green, that's amazing. So she swings, and she hits a decent little chip, and it runs, and it runs, and it runs, and it gets on the green, and it's, all of a sudden, this thing is tracking, and it's going right at the pin. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my gosh. Now I'm saying it out loud. Oh, my gosh. And it goes in the hole. And all these parents and grandparents that are around watching this playoff, not for first mind you for third place, they go, Oh my gosh. And their arms are up and they're excited. And I look at my daughter and go, you made it. And I'm like, "Yes!" And I'm just so excited. I'm so happy for her. What does she do? Balling immediately starts to cry. Just like bawling tears, just go flowing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, did I scare you? What's wrong? And I don't think she knew about the, the attention or what, it was a moment i'll never forget it was crazy she ended up winning third place obviously because she chipped in and uh it was really really awesome to see her get that moment and have that moment that same golf camp my oldest daughter she actually was in a playoff for first place now this was interesting cuz now i'm with my dad and we're walking with her because this is for first place the other one was my my second daughter and the, in the youngest in that group that was at golf camp. She doesn't really, she didn't really care as much at that time. So we're with my oldest daughter and we're talking her through. Okay. What club should you hit here? What do you think? And here's how you want to play this shot, stuff like that. So we're watching some of the other group and there's a high schooler probably who's a counselor and things like that. And he is clearly not paying attention to the strokes of everyone in the group. There's three girls in the, in the playoff. And so my dad and I are watching and we're just keeping tabs of how everyone's playing golfers do this. My dad says, did he just say that that girl's laying three? She's laying four. She duffed the chip over there. I said, I saw that too, but I don't know. So we keep going and this, this, my daughter puts one a little over the green chips up on, has a putt for par. So the other girl, she finally gets on the green, has a putt for double. And the guy says, well, this is a putt for bogey. My dad and I look at each other and we say, well, wait a second. That's not right. That's not right. That's not what happened here. This should be a putt for double bogey. My daughter should have a putt for par. Therefore, you two putt your way to to winning first place of your age bracket. The girl ends up missing the putt. Doubles, anyways, should have been a triple. But there was that controversy. My daughter noticed it too. And she said, Dad, that's not right. I said, You worry about yourself. Okay. Don't worry about anything else. So she ended up two putting. She gets her, uh, she went over, chipped on, two putted for bogey. She wins. And that was great. The next year, though, they they played and they both won their age brackets and they did great but then my oldest daughter especially as she grew and had to get new clubs she really started to struggle she really started to struggle so the third year they said i don't want to do golf camp anymore and i said well why not they said well i just i don't know i just i just want to go golfing with you that's what they said can we just go golfing with you instead of going to golf camp i said that's fine that's fine i'm not here to impose anything on my kids Everyone said, "Oh, your kids maybe they'll get scholarships to call. What are we talking about? Like that's not my job. I don't know if, if they want to go to college. I don't know if they're good enough to even play in college or even in high school. I don't. I don't worry about that. Now they're not at that stage. I think that for when it comes to parents that ask me, "How do you get your kids involved in in golf, especially?" You they have to want to do it. They have to want to do it. That's that's a, such a big important factor here, and not just at probably any sport, not just golf, but then also. How do these young adults actually learn the game? So I, my dad taught me a lot about golf and I went on and, and played eventually in high school. And I talked about that in episode one, but not everyone has that upbringing. So if you don't golf and you expect your kids to golf, you're going to have to rely on someone else. But I think that when you see young golfers on the golf course, and I I'm going to speak to the other golfers now. So if you're listening to this and you don't have kids or you don't have anything like that maybe you're at a, in, in a moment where it's a Saturday afternoon in the summer and you decide that you and your buddy are going to go play 18 holes. You have time. Why not? And when you get on the first tee, you look out in the fairway and what do you see? Well, you see me, you see a father and three kids playing golf. How do you respond to seeing that? Cause there's a lot of people that can be absolute jerks about it. And they, hit into us at times, and we are always trying our best to be patient, to allow people to play through. We're not trying to hold anyone up. We're not trying to make anyone's round miserable. I understand that my children are going to play at a slower pace. I have taught them about the pace of play. We do a good job of keeping up. But for all the other golfers out there, be patient. Think back to the very first time, very first few times that you played the game of golf. It can be a struggle and you're going to see kids spraying the golf ball all over the place. Be patient with them, the young golfer on the golf course. And also let's keep this in mind. Every high school, wherever you go, that has a golf team, there are going to be athletes, student athletes that try out for the golf team that have no background in the game. They, maybe they just saw a sign in the hallways of their high school that said, we need golfers to try out for the golf team. And so they go up to the coach and they say, I'd like to try it. I've never played before, but I'll try it. Maybe there's someone like that when I was a PE teacher who had me in class and said, well, I took a Mr. Hartman taught me this back in back in middle school. I would love to try to play. Well, here's the thing about those golfers. They have no idea about the etiquette of the game. Hopefully they have a good coach who can teach them the etiquette of the game. Things like pace of play, things like understanding where to stand, where not to stand, how to move their bag, how not to do things. Don't. Don't step in this area, et cetera. But you have to remember that not everyone has that upbringing. So when you're standing on that tee box and you see a young, young kids out in the fairway or on the, on a green, just be patient, be patient. And maybe at the turn, if you get that far, you can say, Hey, do you mind if we had jump ahead of you, especially if you're in a cart and they're walking. So I think it's really important for all the other golfers out there to be sympathetic to the fact that these kids and they are kids are just learning the game. They're just getting their feet wet in terms of how to play the game and how to conduct themselves on the golf course. Be patient. But when you go back to teaching the game, that's a question that I have also gotten a lot. I, I, when we would, I, I gotta be honest, our, our country club. Well, first it's not really like the Ritzy country club. It is a golfer's country club. They don't have social events or anything like that. There's the golf and there's the pool. That's it. And all the golfers there just love it when they see kids there. Why? They realize that's their future clientele. They've never charged me a dime for my kids to golf there, ever. Even when I take all five of them, they welcome them and say, hey, have a nice round, kids. They go out there and hit hit them straight. They're so welcoming. I'm very fortunate for where I golf. But when you're talking about teaching the game to young kids, not only do they have to have a desire, but you, the teacher, has to be really patient as well. I have never had my patience tested more than by teaching the game of golf to any young adult. So, when I used to teach in the middle school level, there were sometimes I was teaching the game to students that have never even held a golf club before outside of putt putt. They go play miniature golf and they think that's golf. That's not golf. They realize that really quick as we're hitting wiffle balls in a gym off of a mat. And so, you're teaching them everything from the grip and you're teaching them the takeaway and you're teaching them breaking their wrists and when not to break their wrists and how to square the club face up and where they, where they shouldn't move their feet or what, how they should move their feet and how they shouldn't move their feet. And what about the follow-through? And, oh, let's also not try and hit someone in the face with a golf club. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Golf is a difficult game. It's also an expensive game. It's something we'll be talking about on future episodes. The etiquette of the game that I already mentioned, that'll be a topic for future episodes. When you're talking about getting young people involved in golf, you have to have that someone, a coach, a family member, a family friend that is able to kind of take them under their wing and show them the ropes. You can't. It, it's really difficult. You can't just put on a YouTube video and say, oh, let's learn how to golf. It's difficult. It is difficult. Like I said, it's going to test your patience and it's going to make you really appreciate some of the finer points Of golf. But I would honestly say that if anyone out there listening to this podcast is listening to it and thinking, yeah, I've got some young kids, maybe I should get them involved in golf. I would get them involved in golf, absolutely get them involved in golf. I think it is one of the greatest sports out there. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why you should make this a family affair for your kids, maybe your grandkids, maybe it's a niece or nephew, it doesn't matter. Maybe it's a kid in the neighborhood that looks like he's bored all the time and may go over and say, Hey, you ever tried golf? Golf is a lifetime sport. It is a lifetime sport that you can play up until the day that you die. When I was a young adult, I'm talking like early high school. I used to play with my dad and a group of his friends called the Mailmen. Yes, they were all, they all worked for the post office and they would meet after work. And they had this group that they called the robo tour and they would golf nine holes or sometimes 18, depending on the time of year. They would do scramble formats, shambles, all that fun stuff. It was just a blast to go up there and just, they'd always mix it up. But when we were waiting in the parking lot, either before or after, there were always two guys. I'm pretty sure they both have passed a long time ago. And they these guys were probably in their 80s, and they still walked the golf course. They had the pool carts, but they walked the golf course at least nine holes every day. Think about that. In their 80s, what other sport can you go out and play in your 80s and walk while you do it. I'm not talking about they got in a golf cart and drove around. They were walking the golf course. So when I see that, one of the biggest selling points for young people is that you can play this game for the rest of your life. You can't probably play tennis when you're 80 unless you're one of those very fortunate people that are 80 and are still very spry and athletic and can move well. You're not going to be able to play football in your 80s. You're not going to be able to go out there and, you know, box out and and look for a rebound in basketball when you're in your 80s, but you can golf in your 80s. You can absolutely play this game for the rest of your life. And that's really, that should be appealing. On top of that, it's a way that you can connect with so many people. Uh, I, I know people that are salesmen and they do a lot of business on the golf course. They bring clients out, they play golf, they play around the golf. You'll have Upwards of four hours with that individual. Sometimes it's enough to seal a deal. You wine them and dine them, and you get next thing you know, you're leaving the golf course and you have a deal done. Golf is a frustrating game. It is a humbling game. And I think that if anything, it teaches a lot of life lessons for anyone that gets involved. So I, I just think that when I talk about golf being a family affair, there's a lot of ways to find your way to the game. Maybe you didn't have a dad that golfed. Maybe. You learned it on your own. Maybe this is something you want to bring up your kids doing. I highly recommend it. And if you ever have any questions as it pertains to where do I start? Where where do I get clubs? There are a lot of different places that you can go to get hand-me-down clubs, to get uh, very cost-effective gear. And there's places where you can probably go, even if it's just to hit golf balls. That's where I would start anyways. Go to the driving range. Hit some range rocks and figure things out there. Don't necessarily do it on the golf course. You'll save yourself and other golfers a lot of frustrations. And if you have to, if you have to get a lesson, have someone say, is there any way you could help me out? Whether it's by paying a, a local pro or whether it's someone that, you know, that is a golfer who is at least knowledgeable enough to teach you the technique and the basic fundamentals of the game. Get a lesson. There's nothing wrong with that. Golf is a family affair. That's what makes it special. At least in my family, it does. So that's it for me in this episode of fairways and dreams. I do appreciate everyone for listening. Again, if you missed the Ken Keller interview, go back and check that out. It's called the two man scramble feature won't happen every week. Although I'm going to try to get guests. I'd like to give you all two podcasts a week, Monday and Wednesday, and then you can digest those as you need. Uh, and then I have a, a guest coming up for upcoming Monday, already getting some other ones lined up. This is a lot of fun. It's a labor of love. I do love doing this podcast. If there's anything that you would like for me to cover on this podcast, you can find me on Twitter at jhartman Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T very responsive there. Or you can follow me on Instagram, the underscore life. In which case that's where you'll see my reels, my clips of the podcast, videos of my kids that I talked about, whether it's their golfing, uh, prowess or not, uh, go and check that out there. But in the meantime, folks, you know how I finish out all of my podcasts that I do by myself, be safe, be kind, God bless and hit them straight. We'll see you next time.